The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Want to take another and a closer look at that report from the federal and BC privacy watchdogs that says Facebook's ineffective safeguards allowed unauthorized access to the information of millions of users, including data later used for political purposes. Of course, this all comes after reports that Facebook let an outside organization use an app called This Is Your Digital Life to access personal information. About 300,000 users added that app, leading to the potential disclosure of the personal information of approximately, get this, 86 million others, including 600,000 Canadians. Joining us this afternoon is David Shipley, a cybersecurity expert and CEO of Boceron Security. David, thanks for taking the time today. A pleasure to join you. Okay, now let's start. Uh, when you when you heard um, uh, the, the findings in this report that were released yesterday, what did you think? Not surprised, well, I'm guessing. <laughs> absolutely. The findings didn't surprise me. The sheer strength of the language that the Privacy Commissioner of Canada and British Columbia's Privacy Commissioner used uh, was astonishing. Um, to, to basically say that uh, they're, they're ineffective in their regulations right now and they're forced to go to their last resort, which is to take Facebook to court to A, admit what it did was wrong, mm. B, admit to do better, and C, submit to reasonable regulation and auditing of its practices to prevent this from ever happening again, which is extraordinary. But David, you know, extraordinary language, but what do you think will, will come out of it? Well, I think um, with the Privacy Commissioner going to the federal court, it has the powers of the judicial system. So if the court sides with them, which isn't a guarantee, but if the judges do side and say, no, Facebook has to comply with the regulator, has to submit to audits, if Facebook were refused to do so, well, uh, refusing a judge's orders does never, doesn't go well for individuals <laughs> or corporations. Uh, so, you know, we're probably realistically uh, at least a year or two out from mm-hmm. seeing that end of that fight. Um, you know, the end of the scenario from that could be Facebook deciding to take its ball and go home. So no more Facebook in Canada. And maybe that could be a good thing. Uh, or it could actually decide to blink and comply with reasonable regulation. But there's, there's something else that's there is the plea from the regulators for real accountability and new laws that actually can hold these social media companies to account because they're causing chaos in personal lives, they're causing societal chaos with upset to democracy, and they're damaging our economy. So we either are going to be uh, regulate technology or be regulated by technology. And I guarantee you, I want to live in the Canada that governs its technology. I mean, when you look at things like uh, maybe some big fines, I mean, Facebook is a multi-billion dollar company. I mean, how big would any fines have to be number one to make them pay attention number two you talk about you know maybe facebook looks at saying okay i'm going to pack up and go home do you think that's that that could even be a reality well i certainly seen for example google decided uh, rather than comply with the new elections uh ads mm. uh restrictions they decided to not accept any uh, political ads uh, going forward because it was too quote-unquote onerous to comply. So they shut that part of their functionality or their system down. So we've seen some examples of, of that before. 
Um, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Facebook deals with this. Um, I personally think that um, subjecting them to better privacy regulations is step one. I think the United States needs to take ownership for its problem and break Facebook up. There's no way on the planet Facebook should control itself, Instagram, WhatsApp, the whole reach that it has. And it's certainly not healthy for us all in uh, Western civilization. Why is that not okay in your books? I mean, you, you've said that it's just simply too big. What's the problem with Facebook owning Instagram and WhatsApp as well? So what's really interesting is, um, you know, the, the old view of antitrust was um, you look at the power of companies and you tried to keep them in check. And then around the Reagan era, a new line of thought came to be that monopolies were only bad when they affected prices for consumers. But that's such a limited view of monopolies um, that it overlooks the tremendous power they can, uh, they can have um, to control and manipulate. Uh, and have an impact. And we have to go back to the same thinking we applied to the railroads when they got too powerful, to the telephone companies when they became too powerful, uh, and break them up. It's good for competition. It's good for society. And, you know, if they're not held accountable uh, and, and, and kept in check, well, we live with the consequences of that today. And I don't know how much longer we can realistically live with those. And David Shipley joining us this afternoon. Now, this app uh, in question in, in, this, in this report, uh, this is your digital digital life. Um, you know, these apps, tell, tell me about how they work. I mean, um, I get, it's, it's, you know, all sorts of people, I, I probably did it as well, went through and did these things. And I've stopped over the past uh, while because I've, I've heard about things like this, right? Don't do that because you, you don't know where your information is going. Um, how, how do they work and how does that information go to these other sites then? So, the, what was really interesting about This Is My Digital Life is it was a personality survey. And in the process of, of allowing that app to do the survey, you granted it permissions to data that Facebook had, that it built up. So it wasn't like the app itself created new data and spied on you. It was given access to data that Facebook generates. That's, in fact, that's Facebook's entire business model. So what happened was your, uh, a friend of, of yours did this survey, and all of a sudden not only did that person give up their information, what they liked, um, maybe a little bit of sense of their personality, but because of the way Facebook's permission model was set up at the time, they were able to scarf up all of their friends' information, who their friends were, and their likes, etc. So that's how you had 300,000 people do a survey, and potentially 87 million yeah. people's information worldwide was hoovered into this. So, David, are we not able to on, uh, you know, so, so is it not the app, it would be Facebook. Can we not go into our Facebook security uh, um, uh, settings and change what is allowed on that and what is allowed to be released? Uh, Like, is it our fault? (laughs) It's not the user's fault. And that's actually the privacy commissioner's point, is that privacy isn't about the data per se, but it's about informed consent Mm. about what data is being gathered and how it's being used. And so what you have to understand is uh, you're, you're asking Facebook, which is uh, proven itself to be untrustworthy as privacy. It's like asking the weasel to guard the <laughs> hen house. Uh, yeah, please protect my privacy. I gave you a setting. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. We'll protect it. Mm. Well, they perfected the art of the non-apology. They've been called a group of digital gangsters by the United Kingdom's parliament mm-hmm. in a parliamentary report. And the privacy commissioner of Canada said, I don't want to be associated with this company. So I've done only deleted my personal profile. We're not going to have a presence on this platform because we don't want to be seen endorsing it. That's how radioactive Facebook is 
to the federal privacy regulator. You know what, David, I saw a news article today. Uh, I, I'm not even sure where it is right now, but it said, you know, um, countries around the world um, regarding security and the issues that we're seeing are now circling Facebook. This is just not a, a Canada thing. It's it's countries, as you mentioned, um, around the world who are really ticked off and who um, need to do something. Well, I mean, one of the interesting things was I was in London this past fall, London, England, and there was a multi-country parliamentary committee that was put together. And this is a population greater than the United States. And they had all collectively invited Mark Zuckerberg to give testimony, mm-hmm. and he didn't bother to show up. And this was like six or seven month invite. So it wasn't like they called him up on a Tuesday and expected him to be there on a Friday. He had plenty of time to be there. And they were scathing. I mean, Facebook just basically thumbed its nose to democratically elected governments around the world. And they're unelected, but they have more power now than our politicians. Hmm. Um, Today, I think Facebook was saying that it was banning, or maybe it came down yesterday, that uh, it's going to ban personality apps. Is that at least a, a start? I, I think the only way Facebook will be able to demonstrate to me that it's truly willing to take privacy seriously is if it offers people a Facebook version you can pay to subscribe to mm. and that you actually can truly control uh, the data you have and what they can use it for because you're now a paying customer. And they're held with true fines at the national level and in the five ten billion dollar range, yeah. uh, as well as individual liability to customers. David Shipley, a cybersecurity expert, the CEO at Boceron Security, joining me this afternoon. Um, do you have a Facebook account, David? No, I, I once the UK report came out and I read the, the sheer extent to which they knew and did nothing. And this is the other thing about the Canadian privacy report that came out. In 2009, our regulator went to Facebook and said, you need to do the following things or people are going to suffer. And that's exactly what happened. Mm. So for a decade, our regulator has tried and failed to hold this company to account. So in reading the totality of all these things, you, you realize that it's it's not a short-term issue. It's embedded in their DNA and they need to go through a fundamental change. So, no, I'm out. Until the day I can subscribe and pay for it, I don't want to be the product anymore. Yeah, and I think, you know, will, you know, if, if that's an option, would people would people pay for it? Because at the end of the day, I think one of the things that attracted everyone to it is because it was free. Well, and the interesting thing, it was, it was monetarily free, but it was never truly free because uh-huh. you weren't the customer. You became a, a set of eyeballs that was packaged and sold to advertisers um, and now political campaigns. Um, and we have to realize the cost of free. I was uh, on your website today, your company's website today, and there's a blog there, and, and one of the articles I was reading, re- reading uh, the headline, I think it was, or a point in there was um, that you had made was, beware of apps and beware of these things that um, y- y- you do. And, and I think a lot of people see these these little quizzes or whatnot as, a, as, as fun uh, without realizing, and maybe people are starting to learn more now if they're paying attention to the news and what's going on, but... Um, you're waving the big red flag on this one. Uh, absolutely. In fact, you know, one of my favorite activities, my friends make fun of me in the security community because I read the terms of service for all <laughs> kinds of apps. And one of the most interesting story was, uh, this is in Facebook, these were apps for Android devices, and they were free children's apps. 
and there were hundreds of these distributed. And if you read the terms of service, they were free because they turned the microphone on in the device because they were actually designed to listen to what TV shows the family was watching and what ads they were being exposed to. It was a modern-day surveillance um, technology, um, and the kids were the Trojan horse into the family household, violating families' privacy. What about things like, uh, you know, those Alexas and those, what you know, the, I don't have one in my house. What are your thoughts on those? Uh, I would not put one of those anywhere uh, that you would want to ever have considered private. Um, you know, there have been issues in the United States where a couple was having a, a conversation and a feature of Alexa misheard something. So it started messaging one of their friends, their entire conversation. Yeah. Uh, there's been other serious ethical issues where um, Amazon employees, if you don't uncheck the button for help improve Alexa services, thousands of Amazon employees get to listen to your recordings potentially. Um, and while Amazon says they're de-identified, uh, who knows? And the second thing was was really interesting was um, in a story by Bloomberg just two weeks ago, they said Amazon employees came across what they heard, what they thought was sexual assault. And the response of the company was, not our problem. Oh, geez. David, how, how are we supposed to keep up with all of this? You know, how are we supposed to know, you know, protect ourselves when, when all of this information, all of this tech is coming at us? Um, it's like drinking water out of a fire ho- hose. What, what are your recommendations for, you know, Joe Blow, average Joe, uh, with dealing with all of this? First of all, realize right now that when it comes to protecting your family uh, and your personal privacy, your interests, your finances, there's no big government regulator, no agency, no one's got your back right now. And these tech companies are largely unaccountable and can push whatever they want, and you have limited rights. So for now, be careful what you buy, where you put it in, what you trust. This technology is flawed as the people that makes it. It, it will have problems. And start getting angry at politicians for abandoning their responsibility to us to craft reasonable laws Mm. to protect us all because they have absolutely abandoned this space and they continue to be so focused on their own scandals and issues (laughs) when society is literally teetering right now. I mean, in New Brunswick, we have an outbreak of gonorrhea for the first time in 20 years and it's largely attributed to social media apps and dating apps. Uh, So, you know, (laughs) these are having real physical consequences on society and we're asleep at the switch. Um, before I let you go, do you, do you think, because um, we've heard a lot of talk about it, certainly in the last uh, American election, we have a, a federal election coming up. Um, you're, do you think maybe the politicians will sit up and take notice um, if something happens um, security-wise, cybersecurity-wise during the next election? Um, I don't know. I, I think my favorite quote of a politician was the mayor of Atlanta. It was after Atlanta suffered one of the biggest hacks of the city uh, anywhere in the world. And, and her point was, listen, we're on the campaign trail. We hear about taxes, services, etc. Voters weren't talking about cybersecurity and privacy, so that wasn't on our radar. Um, and unless we start talking about these issues seriously... Um, to politicians, unless it's voters doing it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they're going to get it. Well, and you know what? I'm just, I was reading another article today, and you talk about facial recognition at airports. There was another thing that came across about um, cameras that guess your age and sex are coming to shore sal- shore, uh, sh- store shelves to uh, show targeted ads. I mean, it's everywhere. You can't, you, you can't hide from it. Uh, absolutely. And that facial recognition tech is, 
it has some huge implications to it. Number one, if you're a, a visible minority or a woman, this tech doesn't work reliably, so it could result in security harassment or unfair treatment by police. Um, because it's a false positive. Um, and what happens to that data? Who gets to keep it? For how long? For what purposes? Is all gray. Uh, there were Canadian malls that were caught using facial recognition technology when you went to the kiosk to scan who you are, what stores you were looking at, and gather data without your consent. Wow. Jordan, or David, you must be so busy these days. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's, it is incredibly... Uh, challenging time, and, and some people joke that I, I almost feel like the Ralph Nader of cybersecurity. <laughs> and it took 50 years for, for Ralph to get a seatbelt, uh, so this isn't going to get fixed overnight. But we can get a handle on this, but we have to take control of technology, or it will continue to take control of us. Yeah, wow. David Shipley, a cybersecurity expert, the CEO at Boceron Security. David, I appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I look forward to talking to you again.